The year is 1777. You're a soldier in the Revolutionary War fighting for independence from the British. You're tired, hungry, and growing increasingly fearful of falling victim to the smallpox epidemic that has overtaken your fellow soldiers. But worry not, your fearless leader, George Washington, has some bold ideas about how to keep you protected. Spoiler alert, they are gross and groundbreaking. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Welcome to the Calamity Janes podcast, a podcast where two sisters who are anything but plain Janes talk about disasters. I am your host, Bailey, along with my co-host, Madison. I'm sorry, did you <laughs> sorry, say that? host and co-host. So, I mean, I mean, I'm also, it felt weird to refer to myself as a co-host. I am your co-host. I am your host joined by, I am your, we'll iron this out behind the scenes. Let's, let's just. Has stardom already going to your head? Are our 13 downloads already I wasn't sure what head. the proper word All right. for what I am doing Forget it. is. Forget I it. am your humble host. All right. Hum- You're done. You're done. You're done. So a thousand apologies. Uh, okay, Madison, tell us what uh, what sh- what disaster are you gracing us with today? Uh, the everyone's favorite epidemic, smallpox. Is is that a is there an official poll about favorite epidemics? Is this uh... fine? My personal favorite epidemic. Okay, you know, as the host okay. of the show, maybe you should send me appropriate. <laughs> outlines before (laughs) so freaking offended just sit down shut up and listen to me talk about smallpox okay you're a host too you're a host too i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm new to podcasting good grief oh tell me about smallpox from 1775 to 1782 North America was reaping the epoxy benefits of Columbus's destructive quest to explore the New World. Having brought smallpox with him during his first trip to America, Columbus set up the continent for several hundred years of pain and suffering. Although this particular outbreak was not limited to the eastern seaboard, the more populous colonies that were now inundated with troops were bearing the brunt of the disease. Um, what does poxy mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't. What does that mean? Uh, poxy is, is uh, smallpox. E. It's just short for smallpoxy. Wait, really? Yeah, I just made the word up. It's not a word. It's just a fun adjective that I'm using. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you used it so confidently. I thought I thought it was like some legal jargon. You said re- reaping poxy benefits, didn't you? Isn't that what you? How you yeah. Used it? Poxy. Let me. I see. feel lied to. I feel lied to. Poxy, oh, okay. Poxy is an informal word used to call something rotten, lousy, or worthless. So I made it up, but I'm really smart because it's a real word. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out other people feel the same way. (laughs) But it still fits. So uh, Interesting. Ask me the question again, and I'll tell you that it has... (laughs) I I will change the meaning to suit what I need it to mean in the moment. That is so fetch. (laughs) That's what law school taught me to do. You're doing it well. That skill, you you are carrying it with you gracefully. Okay. Any other questions? No. That is it. Tell me more about uh, the the plague inflicted on... uh, uh. 
Here's the lowdown on smallpox. Clocking in with a 30% fatality rate and trans... Oh, and transmission through airborne particles, bodily fluids, and materials contaminated with infected fluids, smallpox left its victims scarred and often blind. Initial symptoms include fever and vomiting, followed by the formation of ulcers in the mouth and a skin rash that, over a few days, turn into the painful, fluid-filled pox that we've come to associate with disease. The pox would scab over and fall off, leaving the victim with substantial scarring. Your gleeful description of all of this is disturbing, number one. Number two, do you know what the infection rate of this is? I don't know what, like, the R-naught. I don't know. Uh, You want to get all technical. Sorry. Well, it is highly infectious. You can, um, I think they said that, so it is transmittable through airborne particles. Mm -hmm. Most transmission was face-to-face. Okay. But you would have to be within six feet for a little bit of time. So often, if it's fluids from like the pus or the blisters that you develop got onto like cloth or something and you touched that, that is how a lot of transmission happened. Oh, no. So it didn't have to get into, how did it enter? Was it, could it be through skin mm-hmm. contact? Or would it be like pus through skin lesion? Oh my God. Like all of these terms are just I know. Yeah. We it briefly gets worse, but then it gets much better. Okay. And I'm trying to I be mean, upbeat about it because last week you told me that I was too depressing and this was my attempt at a happy disaster. You're right. You incorporated that feedback amazingly. I'm being hypercritical. It is just weird to hear you say things like pus filled whatever in a sing-songy voice. I'm doing what I can. That is my life as a mom. I talk about poo-poo like it's my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I do all day long. I also do that, and I do not have any children, so (laughs) Uh, what's my excuse? I just will stop laughing at poo jokes when they stop being funny. Which is never Never, never. Timeless material there, folks. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, I had another question. Was this what the child's, speaking of sing-songy... Um, Ring Around the Rosie? Yeah. I thought that was about the Black Plague. Okay. I was also thinking that, and, or, sorry, but I also know that there were, a, there were a lot of dark... <clears throat> um, you know, all children's songs, turns out they were about some really dark things. And yeah. So I thought maybe there's a fun little ditty about smallpox. Because I thought that the, like, the part of the song, Ring Around the Rosy, was because people would get, like, rose-colored rashes, like, splotches over their body when they had the bubonic plague. That may w- very well be the case. Um That is what my fifth grade librarian told me. Wow. So this is why we are the way we are, because very early on in our lives, we had influences that did did not hesitate to share the most grim details with a fifth grader. Yes. I was fascinated because I also think that pocket full. I'm definitely just trying to pull from memory here. So Mm -hmm. this is I do not claim to know this for sure. I think I was also told that the pocket full of posies, they had flowers with them to mask the smell of of death. Yes, exactly. But again, I'm trying to remember from a very long time ago. I'm sure this information is readily available online, though. Um, That sounds right. And since we're not Googling things right now, it is right. It's 
Exactly. Low stakes, you know, making up stuff. Perfect. That's all, what I'm all about. Okay. <clears throat> a person was contagious for the duration of the illness. Only once the last scab fell off was a person deemed safe to be around. So although smallpox was highly contagious, it often spread more slowly than some other diseases because the pox were a dead giveaway that a person was infected and then they could easily be isolated. That being said, not so much you can do about isolation when you and several hundred of your countrymen are huddled in camp together trying to figure out how to take down those tyrannical tea drinkers. Tyrannical what? Tea drinkers. <laughs> tea drinkers. What an insult. <laughs> it was going to be a good Sorry, what line. is in your cup? What's in your cup right now? What are you sipping on? Oh, uh, I wish it was something stronger than chai tea. <laughs> But it's tea? It's tea. Wow. I'm wow. the tea drinker. I, I'm the tea drinker. It was I. It was I, the tea drinker. <laughs> um, yeah, plus, I mean, just the weather conditions and their immune systems were probably already really compromised because they didn't have shoes. They didn't have food. They were inadequately supplied. Those, those men... Had a heck of a time. Yes, that is what a time to be very alive. Correct. Look around, look around. <laughs> Let's How just lucky we are to be alive. To be alive right now. <laughs> we'll never sing again. Never. Don't please don't. Please don't turn this podcast off. Okay. Uh, so, how much do you love modern medicine after hearing that? Um, you didn't have to test me. I have always loved modern medicine, but but give me more reasons to love it. <laughs> so now that we've been acquainted with that poxy pest, see, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna I use that word so much more. Now I shall too. Pox. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear all about how colonial Americans started to fight back. George Washington was no stranger to this dastardly disease. Having, I'm trying to be animated. You told me to be happier, and I'm trying really hard. I know. I think you're doing a gr an amazing job. I am entertained right now. Okay. I think everybody else is also entertained right now. God, God, they better be. Again, it's just when you deliver the line, dastardly disease. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> okay, this is so hard to get through. Okay. No, you got this. George Washington was no stranger to this dastardly disease, having watched his men and members of his own family suffer the devastating effects. Okay. I can't do it. I can't do it. And a break. All right. <clears throat> Having watched his men and members of his own family suffer from the devastating effects of smallpox, he was more motivated than ever to find a solution. Washington recognized that those who had recovered from the disease were unlikely to contract it again and used this to his advantage. During a March 1776 outbreak in Boston, Washington deployed only men who had recovered from smallpox to the city. Despite his adherence to suggested health guidelines, good old Georgie was reluctant to inoculate his troops. Oh, I'm sorry, that's kind of a weird segue. Do you have anything to add or any questions or anything? I kind of like. <laughs> Can you please contribute? Um, did they have any sort of mean? What what was medicine? What was medicine like back then? What could did they have any sort of preventative? Like masks weren't a thing, were they? Did I mean? Did they have any sort of protection? It was. Basically quarantine, isolation. I think people were starting to figure out that you can't be around people who have smallpox. Um, mm -hmm. 
But no, as far as I know, masks were not not so much a thing. And they ultimately would they might have protected you a little bit, but they masks wouldn't have protected you. Because there's like there's the 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 pus element. Mm-hmm. Did they have when was the first vaccine around? I am so glad you asked, Bailey. What do you know? <clears throat> we are just about to get there. So I'm so glad. <laughs> Despite his adherence to suggested health guidelines, good old Georgie was reluctant to inoculate his troops. Although inoculation was not a novel idea in the 1770s, with accounts in China going back to the 10th century and the practice becoming wow. common in Europe by the 1600s, inoculation was still not widely used in the colonies. What does inoculation entail? I'm so glad you asked. It's almost like you wrote this for me to ask these questions. How did you know? So true. So we're almost there. Uh, (laughs) But George recognized that quarantine methods could only go so far. After his Mm -hmm. wife, Martha, and other well-known society bigwigs were inoculated, George decided to begin inoculating his troops as well. But wait, Madison, inoculation, you say? With needles? Shots? (laughs) I just asked you that. I just, you didn't have to. I just did that for you. I know, but I thought I did it better. <laughs> okay. This is about the host co-host thing. I get it. I yeah. get it. We're both hosts or we're both co-hosts. I get it. Exactly. I learned my lesson. Okay, good. Um, well, Bailey, inoculation back then was a little different than the vaccines we get today. God, you're going to hate this so much. Okay. Uh, What was used back then is now known as... Oh, crap. Hang on. I got to... I have to check how it's pronounced. It's like a say it how you spell it sort of thing, but I didn't want to put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Slamble. Sure, sure. Okay. What was used back then is now known as variolation. Doctors would make a teensy incision in the patient's arm and, disgustingly, introduce a small amount of pus from an infected person's pox into the incision. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, no. I knew. I I knew you would hate it. But uh, it was really effective, if that makes you feel any better. So it is, like, the most rudimentary version of a vaccine because you're introducing... A live. small amount, mm-hmm. a controlled amount of live bad stuff. Yes. So this would, the patient would often develop a minor infection and a major immunity. Mortality rates from variolation were around 2% compared to the 30% of the disease. Definitely Yowza. ick, but very worth it. I mean, I suppose if you're like, no, no, this disgusting thing will probably keep you alive, give you a much bigger chance of staying alive? Yes, exactly. Um, I think I also saw that they use this with other, with cowpox as well. Um, what mm-hmm. is cowpox? I Please did, tell me it gives you black and white spots. Oh, that would be horrifying. Uh, but I think cow spots are very fashionable. I'll keep that in mind. What? Fine. Buy me a cow print, anything, and I'll wear it. Okay, I will. Make it happen. Onesie. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I'll take a cow onesie. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about cow pox, but I did see that this method was used with several other diseases as well. Um, Yeah, so, but that 2% is like not, the 2% 
mortality rate from this inoculation, that was like the upper level. I think I saw somewhere it was like as low as 0.9%. So Mm. it was, it it did a really, really good job compared to the 30% fatality rate of the disease. Now I have questions about who discovered this. How do they discover this? Like, that is probably very important information. Like I said, China had been using this for a long, long, long time. And then it was in, it became common in Europe in the 1600s. I did not focus on that for today's research, but with the- Another pandemic, another time. Yes. The links provided in the show notes can take you there, though. Noted. Yes. So, uh, despite, oh, this is kind of cool. Despite variolation being outlawed by the Continental Congress, George was like, I don't care. What? Yeah. What? Pause, Pause. Hold up. Why? I don't know. I think because it seemed experimental, it wasn't common here. And they were like, you want to give people smallpox on purpose? And George was like... It does sound a little mad scientist Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have way more tried and true methods today and people still resist. So... That is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, so George was like, I don't even care. And did it anyways. <laughs> This is turning into an episode of Drunk History, and I love it. I would just want to see an actor playing George Washington saying, I don't even care. Uh, So he did it anyways because he was General Freaking Washington. By official title. (laughs) I think that's on the, what is he, the $1 bill. Yeah. General General Freaking freaking Washington. Washington. By the end of 1777, he had inoculated 40,000 troops, and infection rates fell from 17% to 1%. What? What a rebel. He really, I mean, because in so many ways, he was like, listen, I got no guns, I got no men, and the men that I do have, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to lose to smallpox. So he, yeah, he probably was like... Listen, you want me to win this war, Continental Congress? This is what we're doing. Exactly. Do you want to drink tea for the rest of your life? Do you? (laughs) We do not drink tea or drive on the wrong side of the road or spell things (laughs) O-U-R. Exactly. With his troops inoculated and the peace of mind that his men would not be struck down by the poxy pest. (laughs) Oh, my God. How... I'm going to include a, a ding every time you say the word poxy. We need a poxy counter. <clears throat> just, just phlegmed into your microphone. Okay. I'm having so... <laughs> okay. Oh, this is the hardest episode to get through. It, it was... It's a lot. Okay. <clears throat> I got, I'm going to start laughing got again. I got, no. <clears throat> With his troops inoculated and the peace of mind that his men would not be struck down by the poxy pest, George led his men to Valley Forge, where he got to focus on a whole load of other horrific problems. But that's a disaster for another episode. Sure is, yeah. Mm -hmm. General George Washington's decision to make inoculation compulsory for his troops paved the way for the same life-saving policies that are in place today. His concern for the safety of his troops and trust in medicine made a huge impact in the fight for American independence. Without his leadership and the brave troops who surrendered to a really gross medical procedure, we might not live in the pox-free world we have today. That is a lovely conclusion. So when you say it helped shape... um, 
what did you say? Help shape. Basically, I guess I'm trying to ask, do you have to be vaxxed if you're in the military? Yeah, you do. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if there are any exceptions for any of that or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe within reason there are. But yes, my understanding in Wikipedia told me that you <laughs> <laughs> do have to be uh, inoculated. Interesting. And here we are getting inoculated against another pandemic today. My, 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 my. full circle comes around. <laughs> yes. And it'll probably keep coming and coming uh, around and around. But we can be real jazzed that this one should not come back around, although I'm pretty sure that Russia lost their sample of smallpox. What? Yeah, I think that happened a couple of years ago. There are like. Did you confirm that? Are you, are you just spreading I'm not pox, poxy gossip? Who lost <laughs> their sample of small pox? Uh, yeah, in 20. 20- Smallpox samples are stored in Russian lab that saw. No, it was Russia. Russia, like, really screwed up their smallpox stuff. Uh, (laughs) An explosion this week in a Russian lab, one of only two labs in the world known to store live samples of the variola virus, which causes smallpox, has raised a new question uh, that have been asked since the disease was eradicated in 1980. Now, this is a different thing, but... I, I'm almost positive. Okay, don't put this in. People are going to get mad at me. It's going to be it's fine. <laughs> but, but wait, so it didn't, it blew up. Or did it go missing? Okay, this article is from 2014. It says, scientists found vials of the deadly smallpox virus in an old storage room at an unsecured government lab outside of Washington. It was us. It was, it was us all along. The small po- Okay. It's supposed to be kept in only two places in the world, a high-security lab in Atlanta and another lab in Russia. Okay. So oh. it sounds like Russia still did screw up. So the Russian lab blew up, and we were just keeping them under somebody's desk. Yeah, basically. Uh, Someone stuck them in their mini-fridge and, like, forgot about them. Wow. Well, um, I feel less safe because... Did well, well, our parents were inoculated against that, yes. right? Yeah, that's where you have the like you get little a pox. pox mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, the file for this particular sample is from the fifties. Do we know that's still alive? Can it even be still alive? Didn't sound like it was uh, stored in like amazing conditions. It does not. It looks like they still put it in autoclave to kill it. What does that mean? Uh, an autoclave. Yeah. Oh, you never... I mean, I know what an autoclave, but for people who don't... <laughs> it is a method maybe they of know. sterilizing equipment. It gets really, really hot. Kills Thank you for explaining boo-boo that germs. to <laughs> other people who definitely didn't know what it was, but I did. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I forgot. Your lab... Analyzed for asking questions. <laughs> Your labs in college, you probably didn't have to worry about stuff like that, did you? No, I did not know. I had to worry about, like, acetone burning my lungs, not not microbes infecting me. Who left the cap off the telescope? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I see a thumbprint on this telescope. Who did it? Who did it? I see someone got horsey sauce all over the telescope. Who was it? 
What were you using acetone for? Uh, cleaning things, I believe. Yeah, I think. Some I, I don't know. <laughs> we had to use it like in a fume hood, um, and just where we like mixed epoxy and stuff. Also, not great. It, like with the the base and the catalyst, and not great if it comes into contact with your skin. Oh, sure, sure. A disaster for another day. <laughs> a disaster for another day. Um, <laughs> Madison will tell you all about the time that she got snow blindness. <laughs> Second degree burns on my eyeballs. On your eyeballs. <laughs> uh, it, once we get through like 200 episodes of this and we've run out of disasters, we're just going to start talking about Personal bad things disasters. that to us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'll be a bonus episode. <laughs> oh, God. Lord. And then this one time I sent Madison down in a laundry basket oh on an icy, God. icy driveway and a car almost ran oh over. Oh, my God. Yes, I still have nightmares. You threw me into a wall one time. That was an accident. <laughs> These were all accidents. And I was so young. You were, you were also young You're then. almost seven years older than I am. I was still at least no older than 10. That's not Probably. true. That's definitely, definitely true. No. Definitely true. Yeah. If because I can we... remember the laundry basket, you were 12. Okay. You're just making that number up. <laughs> you're literally just making not. that number up. Oh, my God. Okay. Story for another day. Another time, another day. We'll get there. Uh, Table it. Anyways, that is the 1775 to 1782 North American smallpox epidemic. Fascinating. Thank you so much for telling us about it. What a whirlwind of history, science, adventure, revolution wow yes wow it and with a happy ending because he, look at all look at us look at us smallpox free today look at us look at us now, look at us. Look at us now. <laughs> i did not understand that reference i didn't understand why people were so excited about it until i watched the paul red thing hot ones yes yeah. <laughs> i didn't get it people would just say oh it God. and i was like i don't get it okay it's 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 not your side of the internet. That's not the part of the internet that you are tend to dwell on. My part of the internet is, oh, God, so much Reddit now. So much Reddit. I don't think that's a good thing. But, like, very specific Reddits. I mean, everyone has their corner of Reddit. Yeah. It's, uh, like, creepy Wikipedia and uh, catastrophic failure, so I can do <laughs> research. you scare this. so easily. You scare so easily. I but don't it's understand not why any you do that. The, it's not about any of the stuff that really scares me. Creepy Wikipedia is not about paranormal. It's about, like, murder, and you know how that thrills oh, me. <laughs> you know, I lo- love a good murder. Yes, I do know that about you. Uh and catastrophic failure is great because it gives me so many ideas for what to do for That's this true. podcast. That is true. That's true. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us about smallpox. You're welcome. Uh, makes me feel so lucky that I have been able to get the the COVID shot that I did now. Woohoo! Yes, I'm coming up. I'm I'm coming up on the second one. Oh, that's true. You're almost getting almost ready for your second dose. <sighs> Woo-woo! You can do it. I can do it. It'll be okay. It's going to be awesome. <clears throat> It'll be worth it. That's for darn sure. Sure will be. That's what you have to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. Absolutely. Host Madison. Thank you. Co-host Bailey. <laughs> you are so welcome, Moo. Uh, we'll see everyone in the next episode. If you loved this episode, please subscribe. Please leave a con- no. What can you do? Review. Please review this episode <laughs> and share it with the person that also is into you know disasters. And then we'll see you next week. 
one new episode every week on Tuesdays. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you can plan on it, kind of. Maybe. We'll see. We'll do our best, though. Just subscribe. We'll see how this goes. Goodbye. We love you. <laughs> we love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.